Hot Takes of Toast, brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Question of the day, all sorts of hot takes. Larry Kristoviak, out at the U, who will be the new coach? What are you thinking about the transition? Got Ute fans, got Cougar fans, probably got some Aggies mixed in here. Parker, I really like him, but he just wasn't getting it done on the court. Bittersweet, a change will hopefully be good. A change will do you good. Sing it. A change will do you good. That's Cheryl Crow. Underrated song. A former public school teacher in Missouri, I think she was. But, uh, yeah, well, I don't have any problem with what he said. I don't know how bittersweet it is. This is just the nature of the business. I mean, what's bitter about it? Tyson, thank God. About three years too late. I miss Utah basketball actually being good, and I hope they make the right hire. Go Utes! Two exclamation points. Uh, I think we should thank God in all things. I've always said that as a religious man. Not formally, but I'm more of a spiritual man, as you know. Three seasons of players leaving, Tony says. There's no confidence in him. Underperforming is the understatement of the year. You can't pay a coach that much and have a declining record year after year. Well, they're not going to. Yep. As a BYU fan, Nick writes, I'm sad to see him go. Sure, I was pissed at him for canceling the rivalry, but I sure enjoyed the mediocre hoops teams he churned out. Cougar fans taking a victory lap. Oh, I can see what they're doing there. Yeah, you want your rival to suck so you can beat them. A guy uh, communicated with me last night. Man, I'm really going to miss him. So one sport we had a chance to beat them in. (laughs) (laughs) Greg says, I'm not a running you fan, but I do miss seeing them compete. Too much talent has been wasted under Kristoviak. Yeah, I think you could say there's not enough talent. I was going to say the bigger problem that they didn't get the best recruits or that they didn't keep the guys they had. How many of the guys who transferred would have blossomed had they stayed? Blossomed uh, would have helped the program. Blossomed, you know, what's the definition of that? Uh, I get where you're going, uh, but would what would they have done if they had stayed? Uh, clearly you're better with, uh, you know, Gotch. And I heard somebody say last night, well, Gotch didn't do anything in Minnesota. Yeah, in his next last game against Utah, or with Utah, he scored 28 points. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, clearly he would have been better off staying and the program would have been better with him. Would it have been substantially better? I don't know. But you just it was a loss without him. It was a hit. You, you invest somebody uh, two, three years, and then they take off. I mean, that ends up being a, a wasted time in a sense. You, you don't get the full benefit of each individual player. Now, that full benefit of each individual player varies by the player, obviously, but still, you want that, and that has not happened. And I think I saw something this morning, actually, when I was going through stuff, that there's already uh, like 150 guys in the transfer portal, and that's for those of the seasons who have already ended. Obviously, there's a bunch of teams still playing, so the Devils have lost two guys. They look like they're in complete and total disarray, and a lot of speculation that Hurley's out the door. Not that I'm a big basketball fan for the Devils because they've never given me any reason to be a fan, but I'm just pointing out that 
they're, it's all over the place, and certainly that's impacted the Utes. The thing that makes me a little nervous going forward now is, uh, you know, we re- relate it back to our own circumstances. And uh, 1987, when John Cooper left the Devils to go to Ohio State, every coach since has been there four, five, six years and got has been fired. And, you're and saying, that's where we're going with since Majerus left. Yeah. Larry had the 10-year run. It was longer. Uh, it was longer. You're correct, yeah. But to your point, that is three coaches, none of whom have made a real big mark. Now, there have been two Sweet 16s out of those three coaches, but there hasn't been the sustained success. You know, the, the NCAA trip is usually followed – by several years with no NCA trip. You know, they, they had a Sweet 16 with yeah. Jack Aletti, and then they didn't qualify for three years. And then all the guys Jack Aletti brought in internationally their senior year, they got to the tournament for one game under Boylan, and then they didn't qualify for five years. And then they made two, and now they've missed for five years. Well, all right, that's like Devil's football. Each of those guys who got fired, they all had a big season. It really is. But they haven't been able to have any to- uh, ability to sustain it. And so that's why it's important. Even if your coach leaves, you want him to leave for another job because that likely means the program's in a good spot, a la Urban Meyer. So I guess the thing with the talent is you do want them to bring in lottery talent, but those guys are often one-and-dones. There's a lot of lottery picks that really don't have that much success. But if you look at the teams, or that much success in college, but if you look at the teams that have had success in the Pac-12 that you're trying to catch. You know, you'd love to do what Oregon's done. And Oregon's had a lot of guys who are either late first-round picks or second-round picks. And so that's where guys developing. You know, some of them went into the draft early. Bull Bull was there and barely played because he was hurt. Uh, and still ended up being a second-round pick. And there are other guys like Peyton Pritchard was there forever and ended up being a second-round pick. First-round pick, actually. Oh, late first. You're right. He was late first. Boston. Uh, um, and so... Can you build with those guys? Yes. Guys who play two, yeah. three, four yeah. years, and you win a lot of games, and no, they're not NBA megastars. And it was cool that Majerus had all these high lottery picks, but college basketball and the NBA draft have changed a lot since then. They were changing at that point. It was kind of odd those guys stayed that long. It's definitely changed now. But you can look at Oregon, and they've had, I don't even know, at least a half dozen guys, but maybe seven or eight guys drafted you know, in the last four to five years. And so, yeah, not stars in the league. I, right. I understand. But they've won a lot of games, and Memphis. I just wonder yeah. if some of those guys that stayed in the program, could they have turned into that, where you're the 48th or 52nd or 31st well, I mean, pick they of the draft? So they didn't turn into that in other places. They didn't. So I don't know. I, but they could have helped you win games. It's not about whether what type of success they have in the pros. It's what type of success they have at college. And clearly that this idea, one of the things that Mark Pope has – said, Chris Burgess has said it too, is that you want to uh, get old and stay old. Well, the Utes have been young and stay young. Yeah, and how's and that And we had Larry on, uh, what was it, last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told him the Majerus quote that used to ring in my ears. Freshmen are just four years removed from being eighth graders. Oh, yeah, well, what the heck, man? You go that and you're going up against juniors and seniors who are approaching being grown men. I mean, you just look at Van Horn, his body from the time he was a freshman till the time he was a senior. He was like 50 pounds, and most of it was muscle. And so, yeah, freshmen, sophomores, it's harder to compete. So the point was well taken, and Larry chuckled when I said that because he's gone through it. It's not, it's not unique to Utah, but it's really hurt the Ute program. 
And they got to find a way to get past that and keep guys in the program and develop it. The internal development for Utah has basically sucked. And a large portion of that reason is because players take off. Tony uh, on our Facebook page says, Larry just didn't give us the results. He had plenty of time to give. Losing seasons, several player transfers, and underperforming teams in the Pac-12 tournament, NCAA tournament. Time for a change. Agreed. Yep. Uh, Brooks says, as a BYU fan, I'm going to miss Coach Safety. <laughs> Brooks is piling on. Okay, that never, was a bad decision. That, that was. And he's never going to get past that with I mean, BYU that fans. Play the freaking game. It was too much grief. The cost wasn't worth it. It just wasn't. Play the game. And, and Chris Hill will tell you about that, too. Uh, just the, the grief that they got over that decision not to play a basketball game. It was, was too much. John says, hopefully they'll get a good coach that takes them back to the upper level. Good luck from an Aggie fan. That's about as charitable as an Aggie fan is going to be. Might a certain well, coach who's led the Aggies to the top uh, of a certain level. Craig T. Smith, you never know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Aggies don't play. Utah anymore, right? Which is ridiculous, but nevertheless. Heard about that from an Aggie fan as recently as yesterday. Think the new coach will play us? No, (laughs) I don't. Yeah, so. Should they? Absolutely. You got that going, so it really doesn't matter what Utah does relative to Utah State. As far as Utah's program coming back, I think it has a very good chance to come back. I can remember when they first joined the conference, and I'm in Vegas, right? And it's the first conference tournament that I'm down there when they are a member of uh, the Pac-12. And so I was talking to some people. We were, we were in, uh, it was in the room to get your credentials at the MGM before you even go into the arena portion. And so it's just media folk and, and athletic officials in the room. And some guy's telling me, because that's, that's their first season, right? And they only had six wins or whatever it was. And... He said to me, oh, man, Utah's going to come back. We, I have no doubt. And I said, well, what makes you so confident? It's because they got a phenomenal fan base. Kids want to go where it matters. And they can put people in the stands and generate interest, unlike a lot of us can do in the conference where we're located, where there's professional teams, mm-hmm. professional football, professional basketball, basketball. so forth and so yeah. on. So he was saying that, yeah, they will come back. I have no doubt that they will come back. We beat him this year. Well, big deal. The long-term prospects of the program here are better than they are at our place. This is a guy who's employed by a Pac-12 team telling me this. I mean, obviously they knew of the history, and he knew that I was – working for the paper at the time, and I was on the front line, so to speak, of that great run that they had. I was there for all those games uh, that Majerus from 93 on, right, right to the end of the, the Final Four, and then he made a couple of tournaments after that. Uh, I was there, and so he knew it. So he said, I'm saying, yeah, that's exactly right. So the fan base is very passionate. It's there, and I think they get the right person in there, and I have confidence that Mark Harlan can do it, that this program could be back Really, you don't necessarily need to win the, the conference. That would be great if you did, but you don't to accomplish your goals. You just need to be in position to get to the tournament. And I think that they can do that. You know, It's going to take a couple years probably, but I still think that they have an opportunity 
to have a good future. It's not there right now, but they have an opportunity to get there for sure. I believe that 100%. So right now, that's an interesting definition because Utah State and BYU made coaching changes two and three years ago, mm-hmm. and they've gone five for five on NCAA bids. You know, with the transfer portal, how quickly can you build something? Now, both those coaches had some talent in the program when they showed up. And so maybe that's the argument that there was, you know, Sam Merrill was in the program at Utah State. You know, Haas was in the program at BYU. So you had some talent. Did the Utah, are these going to have that much talent when the new coach shows up? I think they have a possibility, but I don't know what's going to happen in the, in the succeeding weeks as far as which guys leave and which guys return. I don't know that. So, yeah, I, I think that. But, but that's just a, you know, a one-shot deal, though. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can get in there possibly this year, but it's not about one season. I'm looking down the line. So, yeah, they can – if everybody comes back, or, you know, I realize that two guys have already put their names in, but if the nucleus all comes back, sure, they can do it. But that ask Jack Letty, what difference does that make? That's, that's that's nice in the short term, and that's what you want. Of You'd course. rather have it than not have it, but yeah. the first-year success doesn't guarantee anything down the line. Right, right. But, but looking at the other two programs, they're a combined five for five, right? Craig, Craig's been there three years, and they've been attorney team all three years, and BYU's been attorney team both years under Mark Pope. So and that's that's great. That's great to do that. Uh, but you know, you you want to have it uh, eight out of ten or whatnot. Absolutely. There's no reason why you can't. Agreed. Brian says I like Coach K, but in a program as storied as the Utes, mediocrity just didn't cut it. No. No, it did not. And it is a an outstanding or has been an outstanding program. You have to say that. You, you just do. And I'm looking at it through the lenses, and we all look at it. That's why I say everyone has biases, whatever those biases will be. Well, my biases are being there in the 90s when the place was packed every night. My bias was being on the road in the 90s with all those great U teams and seeing – the cities in the in the whack just come alive when the Utes were coming to town. It was such a big deal. You walk in to the arenas and the energy, you know, you could feel it because the Utes were there, man. And that's where this program was. And few programs in the West could say that. And I've witnessed it firsthand. It's going to be tough to get back to that level, but they could still get back to a very good level. This is This is a rich, rich program with a rich history. Clark says it should say a lot that as a BYU fan, I am sad to see him leave. That goes back to what you said about uh, the Cougar fan who said that's the sport we had a chance to beat him in. Yeah, I get that. That's your rival. I mean, that, that's, that's why uh, BYU doesn't have a rivalry with Gonzaga. We can get to that in the coming weeks as Gonzaga advances in the tournament. If you're a BYU fan and you're rooting for Gonzaga to win it all, that means it's not your rival. Because you wouldn't root for the Utes. Look at, we're already getting it right now, and they're not even in your friggin' conference. And you, you, you just want Larry to stay because you thought it would just uh, lead to continued mediocrity. And whereas Gonzaga, you want them to win, they're not a rival. You respect them greatly, but they're not a rival. All right, DJ and PK coming up. 
NCAA tournament expert Patrick Stevens, Washington Post, covers college sports. He will help you fill out your bracket. All the insight you need. Does he think Gonzaga is really going to go undefeated and win it all? How far will the Cougars and the Aggies advance? Who will BYU play in the first game? Plenty of things to run by. Patrick Stevens at 8 o'clock. Joe Ingles is here at 8.30. Stay tuned. Coming up next, more on the Jazz win in Boston and a guy who had a really good night. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.